Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. You know, each day we live, we have a series of choices of where we spend our time, what to think, and how to go about our day. And some people choose to fill their day with positive energy and worthwhile things. That's why I like uplifting podcasts. Now, this podcast is born from a deep desire to help us all live a happier life and the firm belief that a powerful way to make that happen is to open our eyes to new ways of seeing life. We believe at the foundation of our behavior and beliefs is the way we see the world and ourselves in it. So hopefully today, in this time together, we will get a new perspective of how to think and live better. Now, if you enjoy these podcasts, please share them with a friend, send the link and encourage them to listen, and perhaps it can benefit them as well. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about your energy level in life and how to give yourself an energy boost. On Halloween in 2008, a person claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto published a white paper and sent it to a group of names on a cryptography mailing list. The paper was entitled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system, and this launched the Bitcoin network. Now, the first Bitcoins were earned by a man named Hal Finney when he was paid 10 Bitcoins for downloading the Bitcoin software. The first transaction using Bitcoin happened when a person named Laszlo bought two Papa John's pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoin from his friend Jeremy. And this is particularly interesting because today, As of the day I am recording this, a single Bitcoin is worth $38,300, making the cost of those pizzas in today's dollars about $380 million. Now, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, and you may know this, but there are thousands of cryptocurrency systems in our modern world. And to make a currency like Bitcoin work, you need to have three qualities. First, The coins must be hard to earn. Think about it. To earn $10 in U.S. currency, you have to work for a time or trade something of value. So early on, Bitcoin users could only get Bitcoin by mining it. Yes, mining like a diamond mine. Early users would mine by using computers to solve mathematical puzzles. These puzzles then verified transactions and paid out a reward in Bitcoin. In the early days, anyone could mine Bitcoin, but as more and more Bitcoin were mined, mining became more difficult. So now only large computing systems with massive amounts of cheap electricity can mine Bitcoin. Now, the next quality needed by a currency is that it must be limited in supply. I mean, think about it. If dollars or pesos were unlimited in supply, they'd lose their value, right? So Sakamoto limited the supply of Bitcoin to 21 million coins. That's all the coins in existence. And today, with nearly 90% of all Bitcoin having been mined, the price of Bitcoin increases because Bitcoin is in limited supply. Last, the cryptocurrency must be easy to verify. And to solve this, Sakamoto made the Bitcoin transactions open source or in the open. Now, think of it like a big Google Doc that everyone shares. And with so many eyes on the Bitcoin transactions, it's hard to manipulate or steal. 
Now, early on, many Bitcoin miners were computer enthusiasts who just loved the thrill of solving the blockchain puzzles to get a reward in Bitcoin. And their ownership of Bitcoin, or their account number, is a large key, a chain of 64 numbers and letters, too long to memorize. As a result, it's estimated that about 20% of Bitcoin is lost today because people who mined or purchased Bitcoin early on have since forgotten or lost their electronic key. Well, in 2009, James Howells, an engineer living in Wales, started mining Bitcoin. He mined it in his spare time and stored his Bitcoin with his 64-character key. And after a few years, he stopped mining Bitcoin and other things captured his attention. One day, while he was preparing to go on vacation, he decided to do some cleaning up in his home office. And in a cluttered desk drawer, he found a hard drive from an old gaming computer. And as he was cleaning, he put the hard drive in a black garbage bag. Well, the next day, his wife picked up the plastic bag, assuming it was garbage, and threw it out. Well, not long after this, Bitcoin values started to rise, and Howells suddenly remembered that his Bitcoin were stored on the gaming laptop hard drive. But he also realized that his wife had thrown it away. So he went online to explore any possible ways for the key code, that 64-character code, to be retrieved. But with Bitcoin, you must have your key. His only other option was to go to the landfill and find the hard drive. Well, at first he was too embarrassed to go to the dump and dig, but at the time, his Bitcoin value had risen to over $6 million. So in 2017, he took a proposal to the city council to allow him to hire a firm to sift through the garbage dump to find the hard drive. Because by that time, his Bitcoin was worth several hundred million dollars. And this started a string of meetings and hearings with the city council, who in the end denied Howell's proposal. Today, the value of his Bitcoins is over a half a billion dollars. Now, What's most interesting is the impact this had on Howells himself. Over the last three years, the stress of it all has taken its toll on him and his energy. On most days, as the value of Bitcoin rises and falls, he does the calculations. One day, the value of his Bitcoin rose 20 million, and another day it fell 38 million. And the relentless regret and the thought of it all has sucked the energy from his life. He repeated in his mind his mishandling of the hard drive. He blamed his wife for throwing it out, and soon he lost his energy for work and his motivation to care for his family, and he sunk further and further into a dark hole. Soon, his wife left with his children. Well, Howells is no longer employed, and for more than a year after the loss of the hard drive, he had continued his job as a systems engineer, but throughout his day, he would check his Bitcoin tracking app over and over again. He even tried to avoid driving routes that took him by the dump, but he eventually had no energy for life. I lost my motivation, he said. He told a reporter, if this Bitcoin thing hadn't happened, I'd probably still be with my wife living a completely different life on our original trajectory. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? His focus on Bitcoin drained his energy for life. Now, I don't know about you, but in some ways, I can relate to James. I mean, we've all had times in our life in which we've been out of focus or focused on the wrong thing or stressed or worried or regretful. 
We relive past mistakes or focus obsessively on a problem, and it zaps you of your energy, doesn't it? So much so that you stop, you become closed off, you may even miss what is happening in life around you. Well, I believe we all have a source of energy in life, our source of physical and emotional and mental energy. At times it's strong and others weak. And this personal energy influences almost everything we do. Our personal energy level drives our willpower, our ability to interact with people effectively, and many other parts of our life. And I don't know about you, but there are days when I simply don't have the energy to do one more thing or answer one more question. And then there are times when I feel I can do anything and I'm full of energy. If I were to ask you to rate on a scale from one to 10, your current level of energy, what rating would you give? Are you a 10 with all the energy in the world to do your job and fulfill your roles in life? Are you a two or three with low levels of energy throughout the day? Or are you like most people, rating yourself a five or a six? Well, if you had a personal energy level of nine or 10 on a consistent basis, would your life be better? If so, then let's explore the science of personal energy and see if we can't find a few ways to bring that energy to our life. As a busy mom or business owner or professional, you're not alone in saying, I need more energy. You and I need meaningful ways to increase our mental, emotional, and physical energy so we can become who we're seeking to become. Now, the science of personal energy is growing. All the time, we discover more and more about how personal energy works, and we know more today than we did just a few years ago. For example, if you hold your hand toward the sun in sunlight for one second, about one billion tiny particles called neutrinos from the sun will pass through your arm. That's right. Scientists have identified tiny particles called neutrinos that are one of the universe's essential ingredients, something we didn't know about the energy of the universe a decade ago. Likewise, the science of human energy is also full of new discoveries that can help us improve our energy in life. Now, first, there's something we need to understand about personal energy. It's this, energy willpower, and emotional strength are depletable resources, meaning like a battery, we can run down our energy. For example, in one recent simple study, participants were brought into a room filled with the aroma of fresh-baked cookies. The table before them held a plate of cookies and a bowl of radishes, and some subjects were asked to sample the cookies while others to eat the radishes. Afterward, they were given 30 minutes to complete a difficult geometric puzzle. Researchers found that people who ate radishes rather than cookies gave up on the puzzle after about eight minutes, while the cookie eaters persevered for an average of 19 minutes. Drawing on willpower to resist cookies, it seemed, drained the subjects of energy for subsequent situations. Now, this isn't a reason to eat cookies. But it is a reason to recognize that our energy can be used up at times. It is a depletable resource. In another example, volunteers who were asked to suppress their feelings as they viewed an emotional movie 
gave up sooner on a subsequent test of physical stamina than did volunteers who watched the film and reacted normally. So when we're talking about energy, we're talking about more than just physical strength or fatigue. We're talking about the mental energy to stay focused on the task at hand, the emotional energy to persevere, the energy to connect with people and even do what we've decided to do. Studies have attributed energy loss to our brain function, our blood sugar and mood. Studies have shown that people with strong goals or desires kept their energy about them more often than not. And there are several contributing factors to energy. But here's the point. We can influence and we can increase our energy. So to help you and me charge our personal energy batteries, let's talk about ways to create and sustain energy in our life. And I'd like to share several suggestions from prevailing research for how to bring energy into your life right away. The first suggestion may not be what you expect, but it is to do exactly what you're doing right now. According to podcasthosting.org, 55% of Americans listened to at least one episode of a podcast last month. But have you ever considered exactly what's going on in your mind as you listen to a podcast? Well, two researchers describe it like this. When you listen to the right podcast, at any given moment, various connections and messages in your brain are firing away. And these messages activate the mesolimbic pathway, also known as the reward pathway in your brain. And this releases dopamine, the feel-good chemical activating your mind's reward center. But also, you begin to use parts of your brain you might not otherwise use. There is unique energy created in listening. We were made to listen and imagine and focus. And all of this happens with podcasts. A study out of UC Berkeley concluded that listening to narrative stories, like the ones you find in this podcast, can stimulate multiple parts of your brain in healthy ways. And this stimulus reduces stress and anxiety, helps you organize your thinking, strengthens your listening skills, and makes you feel energized. And it grows the pathways in your brain that you use for creativity. According to a study from the University College of London, people have a stronger emotional reaction when listening to a novel than they do when watching a movie. When we listen to a story, our brain creates more content, such as imagery. And when listening to stories, they found participants' physiology changed as measured by both heart rate and electrodermal activity. Good podcasts also boost your vocabulary. Now, there's amazing research behind what a broader vocabulary does for you in your life. In fact, in May of 2020, researchers at York University showed that symptoms of Alzheimer's are halted by up to five years in people that fluently speak more than one language. Why? Because vocabulary challenges the mind in ways few other things do. It requires the storage of imagery and words concurrently, activating brain connections beyond those needed in everyday life. Vocabulary has generational benefits as well. When your vocabulary broadens, so does your children's vocabulary. 
and children with a broad vocabulary are proven to do better in school and life. And if it's good for your children, it's good for you. So to bring more personal energy into your life, do what you're doing now. Listen to the best podcasts available. It doesn't have to be just this podcast, Open Your Eyes. There is power in listening. And the words you hear become part of you. And these words can charge your personal energy battery. So, podcasts are a good source of energy. And I believe this deeply. I find energy in podcasts like this one. They are weekly food for good. Now, what's the next energy boost that research has shown that you can bring to your life? Here it is. Put to work the power of prospection. Prospection is the act of looking forward in time to imagine and anticipate the future. In your own life, think about the last time you had an exciting vacation planned. In the weeks approaching your vacation, you likely felt more energy in anticipation of your trip. Well, anticipating life's events works the same way. It creates energy. Author Stephen Cesari tells this story. One day, his daughter, who was in medical school, said, Dad, we're studying 24-7 for the upcoming boards that we have to take in order to go to the next level of our training. Everybody is burned out and ready to give up, and I need you to come and talk to our class. He said, I went in and spoke to the medical class of about 200 students. I showed a photo of an acceptance envelope from the medical school, and I asked them, how did you feel when you received this? What were you feeling? What were you thinking? Well, for some of the students, the envelope meant the realization of a dream come true, proof that all their hard work and energy had paid off. For others, it was the realization that they didn't get into the school they wanted. Then, I showed a slide that had a photo of their white coat ceremony. You see at the school, the very first thing they do upon beginning school is present new students with a white coat that they'll wear when they graduate and become a doctor. Now, why do you want to wear that white coat? I asked. I didn't listen to about five or six different answers, but what came through more than anything else was, I want to help people. And I reminded them of what they felt when they first realized they wanted to be doctors, what they were really fighting for. Well, here's the thing. There is energy, big-time energy in the future. We're the only animals in the animal kingdom that can imagine the future. And this is a gift, a gift from God to help us keep our personal energy about us. As Zig Ziglar famously said, when there is hope in the future, there's power in the present. A focus on the future energizes people in the present. And there can be incredible joy and energy in the anticipation of what's next. So, let me ask you, do you have a clear view of your future? Do you have something to anticipate? And what have you done lately to remind you of that future? When you do, it brings energy into your daily living. Next, to increase your personal energy, do something obvious. Clean up the clutter. A study published in Personality and Social Psychology found that people whose living spaces were cluttered or full of unfinished projects were more likely to be fatigued, lack energy, and be depressed. A study by Princeton University researchers 
showed that clutter can make it difficult to focus on a particular task. More specifically, they found that we are overwhelmed by objects in our space not related to what we're currently doing. And that draws down our energy, making it harder to focus and complete projects efficiently. In other words, to our brain, clutter represents unfinished business. And this lack of completeness can be highly stressful for some people. And this fact is especially true when people have significant concerns pressing on their lives. Now, you've likely experienced this when you clean up your office. The energy you feel towards work changes. Think of it this way. When there's clutter in your life, your personal energy battery has a slow draw on it. The clutter creates stress and anxiety, and that stress uses up your energy battery, taking away from more important efforts. I mean, look, I get it. Cleaning isn't everyone's favorite activity. You may have heard the half-joke, half-wish that goes like this. Every woman's dream is that a man will take her in his arms, throw her on the bed, and clean the house while she sleeps. (laughs) Or this one, you never know what you have until you clean your room. Or a clean house is a sign of no internet connection. Or my daughter's favorite when she was a teenager, I cleaned my room. I made a path from the door to my bed. So I have seven brothers and sisters. And when I grew up, we lived in a 1,600-square-foot, five-bedroom house. Needless to say, we were always living on top of one another. But my mom did something at the time that I hated, but I now admire. At six in the morning, we all got up, breakfast and prayers together, then 30 minutes of cleaning. We made our beds, vacuumed, cleaned the bathrooms. So when we left for school in the morning, my mother had a clean house. Now, I think she did this for her mental well-being and energy. She understood how the alternative might make her feel. Kids' rooms messy, beds unmade, bathrooms not cleaned. Under that scenario, her energy each day would have been zapped. She knew to have the energy she needed for her family, she needed to keep the clutter out of her life and ours. So, turn up the music, put on a great podcast, clean up the clutter in your office or your car or your home. And the same holds true for other types of clutter in your life. Do you have too many things occupying your mental space? Well, declutter and watch your energy level rise. Next, there is immense energy to be found in who you are becoming. For example, a runner, after having run a few half marathons, soon realizes he or she is becoming a runner. And this identity with something with your future self creates energy to do that thing well and to do it again. I've learned over my lifetime that who you become is infinitely more important and energizing than what you do or what you have. Possessions or things may be exciting for a moment, but they are not a source of energy or happiness. And titles don't offer much staying energy power either. I mean, what title we have or recognition that comes our way may fuel our lives or joy for a moment, but it doesn't last. Who would become? The person we see ourselves becoming in the future and the steps we take to become that person has an infinite source of energy. And I believe that many of us think that to prevent burnout, we need to find more ease or comfort in our life. 
And while I'm a big believer in getting refreshed and having a time out now and then, I believe that when you ask God what His dream is for you in your life, He may very well respond with this, for you to become the best version of yourself. One day, Pablo Picasso was walking down the street in Paris when a woman recognized and approached him. And after introducing herself and praising his work, she asked him if he would consider drawing her portrait and offered to pay him for doing so. Well, Picasso agreed and sat down right there and then on the side of the street, brought out a sketchbook and a pencil, and began to draw the woman. A small crowd of spectators gathered very quickly, but in only a handful of minutes, Picasso had finished the drawing. As he handed it to the woman, he said, that will be 5,000 francs, please. Well, surprised at the price, the woman objected, saying, but Mr. Picasso, it only took you five minutes. Picasso smiled and replied, no, my dear woman, you are mistaken. It took me a whole lifetime. Well, you too have an identity of who you are, and it may not be a painter, but a leader or listener, business person, mother, educator, or any other identity. And when you really identify with and are becoming something remarkable, it's like a perpetual source of personal energy. Next, we could talk a long time about the role of diet and exercise in creating energy. It's a key factor. You know that. But let me just mention this. With diet and exercise, energy is found in consistency and variety. When it comes to your diet, you'll be surprised what variety can do for you. You see, we all fall into a rut. We eat the same foods over and over again because we like them or they're convenient or for any other reason. But one study of 59,000 women found that those who rotated more than 16 healthy foods throughout their diet had a 42% lower mortality from all causes than those eating zero to eight healthy foods. The researchers concluded that variety was more important to energy levels than avoiding unhealthy foods. So instead of focusing on just limiting sugars, carbs, or inflammatory foods, be sure to increase the variety of nutrients in your diet. Take a nutritional supplement. Be sure to eat plenty of vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds, healthy fats, and lean protein. Another study following people with variety in their diet showed that they had healthier gut bacteria. The benefits of having such a diverse gut microbiome from a rich variety of food are impressive, said the study director. Studies show that a variety of diet has an increase in anti-inflammatory effects, which directly has cardiovascular benefit. Now, this is most important for kids. Kids have a tendency to eat the same foods over and over again, right? Well, introducing variety to them early in life can have long-lasting good consequences. More than anything else, variety gives them and you energy from a stable of nutritional sources. Now, what about exercise? The same thing holds true. We need variety in our exercise. In physiology, there's this term called the SAID principle. The S-A-I-D stands for Specific Adaptation to Impose Demands. And this simply means that the body will adapt to the specific demands that are placed on it. 
When you train by lifting very heavy weights to gain maximal strength, your body will respond accordingly and adapt. If you train to run long distances at a slow pace, your body will adapt and change to that as well. Soon you get less from each workout. Variety in an exercise program allows the body to adapt to many demands, from high-intensity exercise to slow, steady-state exercise. Workout variety is important for both your physical and mental health because it helps keep you from being bored with your existing routine. And research shows that adding variety to an exercise program helps us adhere to it better because we enjoy our workouts more. So, try something new in your exercise routine. Get outside of the gym. Try a new exercise class. Learn to jump rope, row a boat, swim, play tennis. Do high rep, less weight sets in your next workout. What you'll find is your body will get more energy, as will your mind, from the variety. Last, I'm positive there is an energy field between people. Now, we don't have time here today to explore this concept in detail, but let me share this. Researchers at the University of Biofield in Germany have demonstrated that plants have the ability not only to create glucose using energy from the sun via photosynthesis, but they also absorb energy from other plants growing nearby. And this breakthrough research shows that there is energy transformation from one living being to another. And I believe this happens with people as well. And you likely already know this. People have an impact on your energy level, some beneficial and others deflating. One day, I believe we will discover and see that energy literally passes from one person to another, that we absorb and use each other's energy. And the energy we get from others can last for years. Paul McCartney said that when he was younger, there was an old lady who lived alone whom he got to know. Because she was lonely, he would go shopping for her and sit in the kitchen listening to her stories and to her radio with her. And he said, just hearing her stories enriched my soul and influenced the songs I would write later in life. The energy from those stories stayed with him for years. One day, years later, he was experimenting on the piano and came up with a melody. And the melody we know today is the song called Eleanor Rigby. When it came to pen the lyrics, he was seeking inspiration. And the old lady, whose name was really Daisy Hawkins, kept coming to his mind. Her energy surfaced in his thinking. So he wrote about her and gave her the name Eleanor Rigby. And the first line he wrote was this. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where the wedding has been, lives in a dream. Because he wanted to create the feeling that he had when he was with Daisy, he thought, would she pick up the rice because she was cleaning or because she was lonely, lingering after the wedding was over, wishing for companionship of her own? He continued to write, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in the jar by the door. Who was it for? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? It's fascinating that Daisy's influence on Paul lasted well into his adulthood. He still carried her energy, and that became part of him years later. So put people in your life who bring you energy. And if they don't, seek those that do. And 
be a person who is a source of energy for others. So, as we end today, remember, improving your energy in life is done on purpose. Try a few new ways to bring energy to your life. Podcasts can give a charge to your life, grow your vocabulary, and your mental well-being. Declutter your life. Put on the power of perspection and let the future influence who you are and the energy you have today. Bring variety to your life, to your diet and exercise. And remember, people may in fact be the greatest source of energy in your life. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.